What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Welcome back. Your first timer. Welcome. This is a podcast about collecting sports cards. Hope you are having a good week. Hopefully you are diving in and doing what we do in the hobby, and that's hunt for cards. That's communicate with your buddies. That's buy cards, sell cards, trade cards. The cards that you're buying, selling, trading for are cards that you deeply love and you have a connection to. And I think that's what makes the hobby go around. The collectors are a foundation of this damn thing. There's so much funny business going on on a day-to-day basis. There's been so much crashing going on and it's because people are coming in who don't have the same passion as you out there. And don't you worry, the collectors always stand tall Go three rounds, go five rounds, go seven rounds. It doesn't matter. The collector is always going to stand tall. And I will say this. I want to thank you because whether you like it or not, you, the collector who listens to the Stacking Slabs podcast, help drive this damn show on a weekly basis through your DMs to me, through you sharing this show, through your comments, through your own story posts. I listen. I am not an influencer. I am not an expert. I am not a guru. I am a collector and I host a podcast about sports cards and collecting. That is what I do. But what I am really good at is listening and consuming data, consuming insights, consuming knowledge, consuming sentiment, consuming and having a pulse on what is going on with the collector. And I will say this right out of the gates, right from the jump, right before I hit record on this damn podcast. There was a story post that I saw that made me laugh. And it was not to laugh on anyone's losses, but it was just a holy shit. You know what? I can kind of, I'm glad I got out of this because my intentions originally were probably to make money. And I'm glad I got out of that because it wasn't for me and it wasn't bringing me happiness. But my man, MK Sports Cards, posted in his story. An extreme L, and an extreme L that, I'll read the subtext first. He said, remember that QB prism gold rookie frenzy. One by one, they will all fall down. And he was referencing the Kyler Murray prism rookie gold prism PSA 9 that just got destroyed on all. It sold for $2,945. Okay, now, seems like a lot of money. Seems like a probably a pretty good price to buy that card, right? Well, it wasn't if you were buying it in January when the card sold for 19200 via PWCC Premier Auction. That's a little bit of a difference in uh, sale price, huh? Well, probably I'm a man that talks a lot about my thoughts, my beliefs. I, I like professional wrestling. I cut promos. I have catchphrases. One of my catchphrases that I share, and I share it, Maybe not in every episode, but I try to sprinkle it in his turn left when everyone is going right. And when you see everyone out there hyping and pumping and doing their best to get their cards over, chances are that's something you got to run from. That is not the passion. That is the funny business. And we are seeing the funny business crash. And the Kyler Murray is just one example. So if you if you pull up and I, again, I I I listen. I listen to the market. I listen to people online. I get in platforms like Card Ladder. 
and I look at real data to try to make my opinions, to form my opinion. So I'm not up here just talking about nothing. But Kyler Murray's market, young, unproven quarterback, down 48% in the last three months. Trevor Lawrence, same deal, down 39% in the last three months. Mac Jones, same deal, down 56% in the last three months. Tua, Tua has had a great year. Hell of a year for Tua. I'd say this is a win. His market's down 5%. So that hype period, like his awesome play and his team kicking ass, his awesome receivers, can't even support how aggressive the pump is. Still down 5%. Now, why don't we throw another one in there? Justin Herbert, the hobby heartthrob, down 35%. There is one guy standing tall that, and these are just young quarterbacks that come to my mind. Jalen Hurts up 73%. Now, it's funny, as I sit here and read off these numbers, it's like, my, of course, Justin, or Jalen Hurts, um, of course, Jalen Hurts, I believe, you know, deserves to have uh, recognition, deserves to have interest in his, in his card prices. I'm looking at the 73%, and I'm just like, does, does this mean that there just weren't enough people pumping his stuff? back during the time of ultimate young quarterback pump fest? I don't know. But I think that's very interesting. I think all in all, it just goes and tells us you got to turn left when the market is going right. And remember, passion over profit always. When you look at these young quarterbacks, and there's just an easy barometer. There's just a really easy barometer. And I don't want to say, well, it's that card doesn't come from this era or the product is different than. I don't want to hear any of that bullshit. I don't want to hear any of that think the barometer is if you can pair one of these cards with the counterpart of someone who's already in the Hall of Fame, a legend, someone who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and there is a 75 to 80% discrepancy on those prices, chances are you should be running for the hills. I think that's interesting. But how are you doing? Hopefully you're not out there buying these cards and that you don't love. I know you're not because you collect sports cards and you're out there building your player PC up. You're out there team collecting. You're out there building sets. Shout out to all of you collectors out there. I am on the other side of getting the Miz. We had the Miz in the house. You know what the Miz is? The Miz is um, the sickness. And my daughter brought home the sickness from daycare. Poor little thing got sick on Tuesday night. She's feeling a lot better. I... On Thursday, uh, I tried to do the work and um, be a stay-at-home parent thing. Talk about an interesting juggling act that is. But I probably uh, caught a thing or two during our interactions Friday night or Friday when I woke up, went on a little run, was feeling okay, came back from the run, and it was game over. I was out of commission. I was in no place to do anything, and I'll just leave it at that. Shout out to all you working parents out there. The sickness is bad from these kids, man. There's germ, it's, it's germ-omania over here across the nation. So if, you're, if you've been out there and you're a collector and you're a parent and you've been hit with it, I don't know. I was like, this sucks. Maybe one of the things I can do is just like pick up my phone and get some deals. I couldn't even do that. So if you've been feeling sick, there, you'll, you'll be better on the other side. I promise you that. It took me 48 hours and 48 hours removed and I'm finally feeling like a normal person again. One of the benefits of being sick is I saw a couple uh, Netflix things that I never see. So I checked out Hustle. Shout out 
Adam Sandler. That movie was sick. Big fan of that. I also watched the Redeem Team uh, doc, and that was freaking awesome. Man, all I have to say for, out of that is Kobe Bryant, dude. That just was an incredible... It brought me to tears. It brought me to tears, especially when saw his wife and daughters after the win in the stands. It was just a hell of a freaking uh, documentary, and just that was it was fun to relive all of that. Things I did like from this week, I liked Baker Mayfield a lot, man. I got to just shout that guy out. That was awesome. I was sitting there and I, you know, you got, uh, being a football fan, you got a game where you've got two teams with a losing record. And, and but the storyline was Baker. So it was like, for me, it was like, when are they going to put Baker in? And they put Baker in, and, you know, trying to find his footing. He's been there for two days. Um, but then to go on that last drive to win the game, like I stayed up for it. It was freaking awesome. So Shout out to all you Baker Mayfield collectors who have been out there. Like, I think this guy has something special. You all know that. But yeah, it'll be fun to see the next few games, just what happens and going into next season, what happens with Baker Mayfield. As an AEW fan, a wrestling fan in general, I got to say under things that I like this week, Ricky Starks, my man, Ricky Starks, absolute, given the promo of the century on Maxwell Jacob Friedman. It is very hard to go toe-to-toe on the microphone with MJF, but Ricky Stark sure did that. So winter is coming. If any, Everybody who's watching AEW is looking forward to that MJF-Ricky Starks match. Um, And I also will put under things that I like, Eric Wickersham's article on Andrew Luck finally reveals why he walked away from the NFL. Uh, Shared it with my wife, and I'm a baby. I was talking about another thing that brought me to tears, man. That one just made me want to collect more Andrew Luck cards. Isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what it's all about? I want to shout out to everyone who has been listening to this podcast, who's been sharing it with their damn friends. Shout out to my man, Sean, Victory Investments. He had a screen grab and he posted it up in his stories about how Stacking Slabs had taken up like 64 gigabyte, <laughs> gigabytes on his phone. He was wondering what took up all the space. So appreciate you, Sean. Appreciate everyone out there who's downloading the show. Everyone out there that put shared out their Spotify listings of favorite podcasts and I was on it or even people who said I was their number one show of the year. It means so much. It really humbled me. So I do appreciate that. This is your hobby content alternative and I'm glad I can help be a part of your week. I want to shout out my man, Brandon BRS Cards. He hosted a top 10 Matt Ryan showcase this eve- or this last weekend. It was Saturday night. I was coming in at about 50% to show off my Matt Ryan PC, but it's so much fun. So many awesome collectors out there. I saw some Matt Ryan cards that I haven't not seen before. Um, so I, go check out at BRS cards. He put it on his page. Uh, I'm a big fan of showcases. I have been on and on. I think when we think about collector content in the hobby, showcases are an amazing thing that we all can do. And I will tell you what, like, I don't care what you're collecting. What I gravitate to are passionate people that are there to tell stories about the cards that they buy and why they buy it. And it's not about the money, right? Again, like something. It is about you'd rather have the card in your collection than the cash. That's what it's all about. I want to shout out my man, E-Trader, trying E-Trader Joey on that episode. A lot of good feedback. Wanted to talk to him about trying to make the buying experience as frictionless as possible. I know he makes a lot of buys. He is constantly doing activity. Hopefully, you picked up some stuff from that episode. I pulled away 
a couple themes. One was making a list, the importance of making a list. This is a theme that continues to come up on this program. So it is something I got to be honest, I have not done and I'm going to do. That is a holiday or a New Year's resolution, I guess. Um, I'm going to build my list because when you build the list and you stick to it, you will end up getting the cards you want. He talked about the 2013 select gold Tom Brady that he picked up and waiting it out and finally getting it the card at the price that he wants in the market that is allowing that right now. And I think that's one thing we just got to all consider right now. It's that this, for the most part, and I hate general statements, but I'm going to give you a general statement. I believe this is a really good time to buy the cards you want right now, if you have the funds to do it. Um, it just, if you compare and contrast now versus, you know, six to 12 months ago, this is a great time. I think with the list, it provides some self-accountability. Um, I was very adamant in saying reactionary buying and getting mail days help enhance the hobby experience. So I don't think it's doing away with that, but I think there's a balancing act. And I just think having some structure in your operating helps give go set goals and goals are always a good thing. Another thing I picked up from the conversation is speed and efficiency. I think I tried to lead into this with Joey and it's really buy the card if it pops up. And in most cases, you have about 30 days to figure it out. You buy the card, it can be scramble mode or it can just be like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I think this is where collector champions are made. When you buy the card and then you decide, all right, what's going out of the PC? And you know this because that card stack ranks over some of the other things in your PC. I think we all wish we had money growing on trees, but most of us don't. And sometimes we build up that equity in our PC and we need to leverage it. I think timelines force action. I've bought a card and then I've scrambled making a move. Uh, but now the more I do it, the easier it gets. And I think you have to understand your limits, but I always, every time it ends up working out, at least for me. Last theme, if a rare card pops up, it's likely to pop up again. I think that was a very um, insightful thing that Joey said. Don't worry about missing out. No time for FOMO. If someone has equity in that card and they're not married to it and they see a new sale, chances are they might get rid of it. I think we've seen a lot of this stuff. I pay attention to the Brady market a lot and I mentioned the flawless stuff, champ ticket stuff. I think the key is, is just you don't need to always get the first one that's available, especially when there are multiple copies of this card. I learn just like all of you during these conversations. And so I try to bring on guests that help me get better. And I really enjoyed that one with Joey. Kind of leading up to that, I, I put out there on IG, and I'm just going to read a couple of these. I asked you, how do you balance waiting for a grail and buying to fill the void? 90s kid card collector. There's levels to it, different players and smaller cards and other lists keep me going. Pop culture cards. Recently, I've been holding back and purchasing the designs I truly love. Timmer's cards. Binder building. We use it to show off subset builds, player, player print runs. Joshua's cards. I build my collection at different levels in cost and design. Wrestling card wizard. Except there is no grail. The grail is the constant feeling of collecting. I just, there's so many of these good responses that I got. And I'll, I'll shout out my man, Drake. Drake's PC. I continue buying as long as the card fit in my PC. When the grail pops, I make moves. 
I got so many good responses. I posted them in my stories and I just think it's always good to hear and listen to other people, what their process is and what they do in order to secure the cards that they want long-term. I think, like I mentioned, it's okay to buy cards reactionary because the mail days and getting those cards that we weren't expecting really enhances the hobby experience. But I also think that we should build a priority list and that list should be what we attack because if you hit one of those personal grails, it is going to make your damn year in the hobby. There was a controversial video going around and one that was interesting, and it was from Eric Whiteback and taking a clip from uh, the video that I saw. He said, hobby shops need to be cut out, period, point blank. They need to go away. I come from the sneaker world. And then he went on and talked about the sneaker world. Um, This is the same guy who was posted about the backyard breaks and the math, math stuff going on with the case breaks and all that stuff. And I, you know, when I saw this, you know, immediately I read it as, okay, this is another individual that's coming into sports cards who come from another industry who are trying to tell us what to do or why to do it or why stuff should be cut out. And I don't know, I don't go to the hobby shop as much as maybe a lot of you. But I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like, I think about uh, foundational elements that make up the hobby and the hobby shop is, is certainly one of them. You know, his take was he wants, you know, beautifully curated shops and he wants those shops that are beautifully curated, just like sneaker shops, to be the ones rewarded. So I don't know if he necessarily wants hobby. He said he wants hobby shops to be cut out, but then he said that beautifully curated ones are the ones that should be rewarded. It's interesting. And I think it's really easy to go off the deep end and cut up his take and say, you know, you're a grifter, you're coming in here and you're just spouting your stuff. I think what's more helpful is to probably try to talk to a hobby shop owner and talk to somebody who listens to something like that so they can at least share their point of view and perspective. I don't go to the hobby shop a lot because I'm not necessarily buying a bunch of wax. And I know that's not an excuse, but I, I, I tend to be focused on what I want and I seem to find it at shows and buy online. But I think one of those things, especially going into next year, it's like, you know, spend some more time in hobby shops because you're going to meet people and have good conversations and build connections. I think hobby shops are one of those foundational elements that this whole thing is built on. And without them, I don't think this hobby survives. I think the hobby shop value, it's more than just a place where you go buy packs of cards or you go buy cards in general. There's so much inherent knowledge that is inside a hobby shop. It's a place where new people coming in get educated and learn. It's a place where people are going to get learn, learn about grading and can go grade their cards. It's a place where you go seek community, to find connections, to build rapport with other people who are doing what you're doing. It's Hobby shops are out there putting on or supporting shows. It's a place that you can go to share your love of the hobby experience. And I think that, ex, that experience is first a most prominent memory that many of us have in our minds. So when I hear something like that about getting rid of the hobby shop, what I want to do is I want to at least have a conversation with someone who owns one, who has put their blood, sweat, and tears into building one, and that's what I'm going to do. 
So this Friday, you're going to want to tune in. It's been a long time coming. I got my man, Andy Albert from the Indy Card Exchange. So a couple of Indianapolis guys talking about sports cards. Andy is a guy that, um, I'll tell you what, I've never heard a bad word about him. I think he is a guy that has built a solid reputation, has built a card store that is community-driven, and he is constantly looking for ways to give back. So I want to talk to Andy about all the effort he's gone into to building his shop to what it is today and to talk a little bit more about the future of his store moving forward. So you're going to want to check out that episode. I came back into cards much like many of you a lot. I know some of you out there have been there the whole time, and most of us, I would say, have come back. And I think I've collected everything in between before that. And I think when I came back during the boom, it was easy to think everybody, to think everything about cars before me didn't really matter because we were seeing record highs, we were seeing mainstream media, we we're seeing big accounts talking about sports cards. And it took me a year of investigating, interviewing, and experience on my own to fully understand. The collecting community makes this all go round. Many people have left, but the collectors have stayed. I think what it means to be a collector is really, really important to always remind yourself that. I sat there on Saturday night, pretty sick, talking about Matt Ryan and talking about my Matt Ryan cards. And it was the best part of my week. Straight up, the best part of my week. And it was awesome because I got to meet face-to-face and see face-to-face collectors that I've been in a chat with, a Matt Ryan chat that have come together to talk about our collecting of Matt Ryan. And it was just so fucking awesome. And I loved it. It was amazing. And I made deals with these guys. And I want to, again, I'll shout out Brandon, uh, BRS Cards for putting it together, but that made me feel something. I think the cards that we own mean more than the value that they represent. That's really important. I think it's the hunting and the building and that feeling. I think it's the community. I think it's the photos and the mail days and posting them online. It's going to the shows. It's the content. It's the escape. We're busy people. We're busy professionals. But you know what? We're not here for the noise. We're not here for the hobby drama. We're here to collect the damn cards that we have, share them, and build friendships along the way. I love this hobby. I know you do too. I really appreciate you supporting this show. We're coming up on an end of another year of the Stacking Slabs podcast and your listens and supports, you sharing the show means more than you'll ever know. I'm coming back on Friday. My man, Andy, Indy Car Exchange. You're not going to want to miss this one. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back real soon. 